Welcome back. I just uploaded episode 15 about an hour ago, two hours ago, and I'm already behind. I'm already late. I'm already, it's already old news because about a half hour after I uploaded that podcast, Kyle Dubas decided to make his first move, his first real move, other than signing Valtteri Pustinen, um, of the, uh, of his tenure. Uh, as Penguins president, general manager, whatever you want to call it. So, Penguins acquire forward Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Vegas's 2024 third round pick. I believe it was 2024. Let me double check that. Uh, bu- 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 how do I check that? Gotta go under Vegas. Uh, bu- 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 This is not as easy to figure out as you think it'd be. Come on, guys. What the, what the freak? What the freak? They go under Teddy Bluger trade, because that's the only way I can get to it, because I'm going to talk about that here in a second. Uh, yes, the 2024 third-round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights. They acquired that from the trade at the deadline where the Penguins sent Teddy Bluger to the Golden Knights for that pick. So, if you want to look at it like that, the Penguins traded Teddy Bluger for Riley Smith. Uh, it's not exactly how it happened. Obviously, it's all circumstantial, but that is kind of, if you want to look at it from the Penguins' perspective, what happened. Dubas obviously didn't do the Bluger trade. That was Ron Hextall. But using that same third-round pick, they're able to acquire a much better player in Riley Smith than Teddy Bluger. No offense to Teddy Bluger, but Riley Smith is a perennial top-six forward. He's played both left and right wing, he is left-handed, so if you're picking up what I'm putting down, there's an open spot in the top six on the left side. That'll probably do it. Um, he makes $5 million this year and next year, so just two full years left on that contract. He is 31, 32 years old, pardon me, just turned 32 in April, and he is the natural replacement for Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker is 31, so he's about nine months younger than Riley Smith. And based on this trade, there's nothing more to conclude other than Jason Zucker was asking for too much money. He was probably asking for something six or over, I'm assuming, uh, average annual salary-wise, term, probably in the five to six-year range, I'm guessing. I'd be surprised if he gets anything less than four, to be honest. But I'm going to miss Jason Zucker, because that's what this trade is. It's a farewell to Jason Zucker. Great, great season last year. Fantastic both on uh, the scoring sheet and the intangibles that he had that the rest of his team did not possess. Frankly, he was he was willing to finish checks. He had speed to him, and he was really able to uh, you know play a feisty game unlike a lot of the other players that uh, are on that roster or were on, that, on last year's roster. He had a lot of personality. He had a big heart on him. Um, he was just a very passionate player, yeah, very, very good in the community. I believe he's gotten uh, awards for his community service in the past. I'm not sure if it was when he was with Pittsburgh or with Minnesota, but he has a huge heart. And um, it sucks to see that he's going to be probably walking away. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I don't think it's, I wouldn't you know, set it in stone, but it this very much seems as if Riley Smith will be filling in on that left side because he has he's a similar type of player to Zucker. I think he's a very uh, good person in the locker room as well. You know, he's one of the original Golden Misfits. He was uh, 
I think he was picked from the Golden Knights. He was, or I mean, from the Panthers in the expansion draft. He was either picked or traded. I want to say he was one of the ones that was traded from Florida to Vegas, and Vegas picked Marcia. So I believe. I think that's how it went down. But nonetheless, Riley Smith has had a long career, been in the NHL for quite a long time, and now he finally arrives in Pittsburgh. Originally drafted by the Dallas Stars in 2009, he was a third-round pick, 69th overall. That's a pretty nice pick up there. Um, Made his debut in 2011-12, three games, no points. The season after, he played half the season in uh, the AHL Texas, half the season with Dallas. In Dallas, he only scored nine points in uh, 37 games. He was dealt to Boston in 13-14. I want to say that's the Louis Erickson deal. I'm pretty sure. He spent two seasons in Boston. He had 51 points and then 40 points. So he really got going there. Then was dealt to Florida where he spent two seasons there. 50 points and then 37. And then after that, he was sent to Vegas for the expansion draft where he kind of really got things going. And the inaugural season for the Golden Knights 1718, that season they made it to the final. He had 60 points in 67 games, but more impressively, he had 22 points in 20 playoff games. So over a point a game in that playoff run for the inaugural uh, Golden Knights season. Since then, he's had seasons of 53 points, 54 points, then 25 points with only 53 games played in 2021. Uh, 38 points in 56 games played in 21-22. And then this past season, he scored 56 points in 78 games. Now, by, while being a Vegas Golden Knight, he has accumulated a good amount of playoff uh, experience. He has 106 games of playoff games under his belt, and he has 79 points in those playoff games. So, a pretty good playoff performer. He averages about 50 points a season. He's getting older. Uh, this trade, obviously, keeps the keeps that top six around the same average age uh, because, you know, the difference between Zucker and Riley isn't too, uh, too different, you know? But um, I think it's a good deal. I never thought, I, I didn't even know he was a uh, possibility, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um, you know, here we are. Riley Smith did have a no trade, a, no, a 12 team, I believe, no trade list. And then it would kick into 10 uh, on July 1st. So apparently the Penguins weren't one of the 12 teams that he could block a trade to. He uh, So he must have been okay with coming to Pittsburgh. He really. Uh, became a deep part of that Vegas uh, community and organization whenever he was, uh, you know, picked there and stayed there for a while. He did re-sign, a, you know, a second contract while being in Vegas. And honestly, at the time, he was just a cap dump. The, he was uh, someone that Florida wanted to get rid of, and they just did whatever they could to uh, get him off their books. And it ended up working really well for the Golden Knights. He became a really legitimate top six forward. And in that playoff, uh, the first season, the cup run, he was a first line player. you know. But then once they started acquiring more talented players, it bumped him down to like the second line with uh, William Carlson and uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. But um, yeah, great player. Can play both sides uh, on on the wing, either left or right. Five million for two more years is not bad. It's definitely less than what Zucker is going to be able to get, uh, or what's what he's going to get in the open market. So you have a little more cost control there. Age isn't that important because it's only two years left, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't think he's declining too much in the next year and or two. He just hit 200 career goals. He has 473 career points in 764 games. Good player, uh, you know. I, I, this one really came out of left field. I don't think anyone really predicted that a the Golden Knights were looking to move him, or b the Penguins would be in the market for him. 
but I guess having the uh, having Zucker potentially leaving, there was a need there, and it makes sense um, too with what Kyle Dubas said at his latest press conference, which I talked about a little bit on the podcast I just uploaded. It was that uh, Dubas was going to look for teams that were a little cap strapped that needed to move off of good players, but they couldn't necessarily you know get a lot for them just because they needed to move them so bad. And that's kind of what happened here with Riley Smith. I think a third round pick for Riley Smith uh, in a vacuum is a steal for the Penguins. But you have to put it in the context that the Golden Knights were up against the salary cap. They needed to get rid of that to open up and free some space here. And that's exactly what they did. And they just re-signed Aiden Hill. So they needed to move up some uh, salary a little bit anyways. And I think Aiden Hill's making 4.9. Riley Smith was making 5. So there's a natural replacement there. Um, there, but there's definitely a hole there, uh, for Vegas now that they're going to have to f- uh, fill and we'll see what they do there. Maybe they're planning on signing Barbashev. This probably helps them to do that, but we'll see here. I really like Riley Smith. And like I said, he did a lot for that community in Vegas. He was there with them during the, uh, the, the shooting back in 2017, I believe it was 17. Um, you know, he was there and he really ingrained himself as a leader in the community and on the team along with uh, Derek Engeland and uh, those guys that were inaugural uh, Golden Knights. Like, uh, he owns a restaurant in Vegas, uh, I think a few restaurants actually, with a couple other uh, Golden Knights. So I'm very interested to see how that works out. He seemed like he was going to be a Golden Knight for life, but we've said that before, haven't we? You know, There's guys like Marc-Andre Fleury, Nate Schmidt. Uh, I could go down the list. There's a bunch of guys who you thought would be Golden Knights forever, and it's you know it's the ruthless pursuit of the Stanley Cup and it seems like Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee felt that the uh the best move for them moving forward was to move off of Riley Smith and his five million dollar cap hit but as from the Penguin perspective I like the deal I really am interested now to see where Jason Zucker goes because I think there's going to be a lot of suitors for a guy like him you know 31 a lot of passion. He's he can be physical. He's obviously not Matthew Kachuk or any any even in that stratosphere. But he plays a similar type of game, has a similar type of skill set. Not he's never going to put up a hundred points. He's never going to put up 40, 50 goals. But he's very he, he's a he can he's a guy who can score. He's a guy who can you know play tough. He's a very much jack of all trades. He scored thirty goals in the past before. I don't see him probably doing that. Um, you know, again, but he did score 27 last year. So you never know in the right situation. He could uh, just off, off the cuff. I could see, you know, Detroit being interested in him, Chicago, potentially wanting to get another, uh, a winger. If they're starting to contend, you know, they just got Taylor Hall. Could they try to get some more guys to uh, build around Connor Bedard and give him a, a veteran, you know, a cushion, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's the first move of uh, Kyle Dubas's tenure, at least the first major move. I'm keeping my eye on Twitter to see what else may happen. Uh, apparently, the Anaheim Ducks are going to get a New Jersey tonight. We'll see that at the second overall pick when likely Adam Vantilli puts it on. Um, obviously, but we've seen stranger things. It looks like they're going back to their original color concept of that maroon purple with the uh, teal green which is very beautiful, a lot better than what they have now. But I'm going to leave that there for the moment. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled and see if anything else happens here. I still expect uh, Dubas to do something else, maybe move that pick for a goalie, potentially, maybe move back and acquire more assets. I don't know, 
but we're in for a fun few hours and I'm going to keep updating this. I'm not going to post this yet. I'm going to do it as, as we go. So this was just the first little bit on Riley Smith being acquired from the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2024 third round pick that was previously acquired for Teddy Bluger. So on to the next thing. I can't wait to see what happens next. With the 14th selection in the 2023 NHL entry draft, the Pittsburgh Penguins are proud to select from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Braden Yeager. Thank you, Kyle Dubas. And that, of course, was your president of Hockey Ops. Braden Yeager is the 14th overall pick in the 2023 NHL entry draft. The Penguins getting their center of the future in Braden Yeager. Hopefully center of the future. Maybe they move him to wing, but that's way down the road. Let's go over Braden Yeager. He had mixed draft rankings. Um, in if you're on Elite Prospects, you know there's the list of uh, where everyone had him ranked. Uh, Elite Prospects themselves had them rank, had him ranked at 22. Uh, Daily Faceoff Faceoff had him at 24. The Hockey News had him all the way at 10. Bob McKenzie had him at 15, so about right exactly where he went. Craig Button had him at 18. NHL Central Scouting had him at 11. Uh, Sportsnet had him at 17. Uh, Draft Prospects Hockey had him at 12. So, But then there's some people, Dauber Prospects, I don't know them, they had him at 33. McKean's Hockey had him at 30. So all kind of all over the place, but generally late mid to late first round is where Raiden Yeager was expected to go. He is currently a 6-foot 170 pound right-handed center from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. He played for, as Kyle Dubas mentioned, the Moose Jaw Warriors. He was an alternate captain there this year, and he is in his third season in the WHL. In his first season, he only played part of the season. Uh, He had 24 games, 18 points. In the 21-22 season, in 63 games, he had 59 points. 34 of those were goals, 25 assists. And then this most recent season uh, with the Warriors in 67 games played, he had 78 points, 28 goals, 50 assists. That is Braden Yeager. Sounds a lot like Yager, but of course not the Czech superstar. Um, I'm going to read from the Elite Prospects NHL Draft Guidebook uh, with their uh, analysis and synopsis was on Braden Yeager prior to the draft. Quote, the puck absolutely explodes off his stick, no matter how compromised his body positioning appears to be during release. He rips it off either leg in just about any way, two-touch, one-timer, and catch and release. His inside leg wrister is a signature shot, tipping his weight over his outside edge while somehow keeping his chest up and exploding through the shot. He takes every single puck directly into his shooting pocket, prepared for the next play. And if you watched on ESPN like I did... Everyone was raving about his shot. People were saying that he has a top five shot in this uh, draft. And that is a skill set, a signature skill set that the Penguins really haven't had a lot of recently. If you look at Jake Gensel, I'd consider him a sniper in this league, but I don't know if he has necessarily has the best shot. I think he's a very smart player and can like, get in good positions. He's a very good shot, don't get me wrong. But I don't think the Penguins have had a player that had a top five shot in a draft maybe probably since... Crosby, to be honest with you. But this guy is a far away. He's not going to be an NHL player anytime soon. I'd, I'd give him at least three years 
to uh, develop a little more. There might be a small chance that he overlaps with uh, this core of, of players. Maybe he gets like some, uh, like his first games while uh, Crosby, Malk, and Latang are, you know, in their final season or two. But I, overall, I like the pick. There were some better players, I think, available around that area. But all in all, I don't hate the pick. My preferred pick went right before uh, the Penguins selected. And that was, of course, Zachary Benson. Uh, and he went to Buffalo. And I said words that I can't say on this podcast whenever the, the uh, Buffalo Sabres picked him. Mainly just because they have such a deep forward you know, depth. Like they don't need him right now. They don't need him probably at all. They have so many young forwards that Zachary Benson is just like an adds to the embarrassment of riches that the Sabres have uh, up on, up front. And he instantly would have became the Penguins' best prospect. Uh, Braden Yeager, I think, is the Penguins' best prospect right now. Um, but he's a, he's a lot closer to Owen Pickering's tier than uh, Zachary Benson was. Zachary Benson would have been on his own tier uh, regardless. But Braden Yeager, don't hate the pick. Don't hate the guy. He seemed very excited to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Um, he obviously, uh, I think we may have reported it here on the podcast at one point, but it, it was mentioned before that he went out to dinner with Dubas during the uh, Combine week. And uh, they, there was a few players, I think, that fit that criteria. But I know Jaeger was the first reported uh, of those of those players. Um, so it seemed like Dubas had an affinity for this guy. And Dubas often has an affinity for his uh, own guys, people that played for, you know, Sault Ste. Marie and stuff like that in the OHL. This guy is a Western Hockey League guy. So obviously, uh, you know, he's he's flexible or he's proving to be flexible a little bit here is Dubas. Well, honestly, when Zachary Benson got picked, I part of me thought that he may trade back, but ended up not having zero trades at all during this uh, this first round, which is pretty wild. Not, that hasn't happened, I don't think. I think Sir Frank Saravelli said since 2007 that hasn't happened. On the NHL's first round recap, I'm going to read their uh, analysis of this pick uh, quickly. This is on their uh, 2023 NHL draft complete first round results. So Braden Jaeger, center, Moostraw, Western Hockey League. Jaeger was second on Moostraw with 78 points in 67 regular season games and finished second on the team in the Western Hockey League playoffs with 16 points in 10 games. He was awarded the, Brow, the Brad Hornung, I don't know who that is, Memorial Trophy as the most sportsmanlike player in the WHL after he had 14 penalty minutes during the regular season. Um, the 18-year-old improved his playmaking ability to complement his powerful shot is responsible in all three zones and won 52.4% of his face-offs. Uh, I don't really care much for that stat, but okay. NHL.com analysis, uh, Braden Jaeger is a strong, quick skater and a puck hound with a dynamic shot. He needs to get stronger, but the upside is a top-line center that can make players around him better. It's imperative for the Penguins to find centers that can eventually replace Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and Jaeger has the potential to develop into a strong top-six player. That is what I like to hear, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the players that went immediately after Jaeger that the Penguins had the option to choose include Matthew Wood, who I really liked, the uh, big right winger from UConn, Uh, Samuel Honzik, the left winger from the Vancouver Giants. He went to the Calgary Flames. Uh, I think he's another bigger guy. He's 6'3", 195, so another bigger winger. Axel Sandin-Palika, 
is went to uh, he's a defenseman. He went to Detroit. I think he's going to be really good, and they're really building up a good young defensive core back there in Detroit. Uh, look out for them soon. Colby Barlow went a few picks later to the Winnipeg Jets. He's going another bigger uh, forward. Uh, well, only six foot. It's not as big, but he's very physical, and I think he's going to be a hell of a player too as well. Uh, Oliver Moore, another option the Penguins could have had there. He goes 19 to Chicago. He was regarded as the fastest skater in this draft up there with McDavid. Um, Edward uh, Chalet, uh, he went to Seattle, the left winger, the Czech left winger. I was big on him. I think he's a very skilled player. Honestly, I think uh, his comps are up there with Datsuk. I really, really like him. Uh, Seeing him play, he was the fourth-ranked international skater. He falls all the way to Seattle. Great little pickup for the for them. I think he's going to pair well with Beniers and right down the line. Uh, Charlie Strawman, he goes to Minnesota. He's a Wisconsin kid. He's a big center, 6'3", 222. Just huge kid, man. Uh, bu- 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 uh, Gabriel Perot, he goes 23rd to the Rangers. That's going to be a great player for them. Uh, honestly, I project him being better than uh, Alexi Lafreniere. That guy has a ton of skill. He broke the record uh, for the national de- U.S. national development team in points, re- uh, you know, not recently, but prior uh, set by Austin Matthews. Um, and Otto Stenberg went to St. Louis a few picks later. Quinton Musty went to San Jose. He was highly touted. Callum Ritchie falls all the way to 27 for Colorado. Uh, but, 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 but Theo Lindstein goes to the Blues as well. Carolina gets Bradley Nadeau. Nadeau. Uh, but, but, but. Mikhail Guliev, he was the Russian defenseman. I liked him a lot. He fell all the way to 31 to Colorado again. Uh, they get that uh, Florida Panthers pick there at 31, and they make good of it. They got Callum Ritchie and uh, Guliev. Great little draft there for the Colorado Avalanche, at least the first round there. They're looking good. And the last pick was David Edstrom for for Vegas. I don't know much about him at all. I was actually on a live stream uh, for the Hockey Podcast Network, and I was uh, on during that pick. And uh, to be honest with you, I had nothing to say about Edstrom because I knew nothing about him. I had some guys that I thought they were going to pick that were higher uh, value, but they went with this guy a little off the board. So, But... At the top of the list, before the Penguins picked, things kind of went as they should. Not too, they didn't deviate too much from uh, what was expected. Leo Carlson did jump to number two ahead of Adam Fantilli, um, which sucks because that means Adam Fantilli is in the Metro now, and I don't look forward to that. William Smith goes fourth. That was kind of expected. At fifth, no one really knew what Montreal was going to do. They took calls. I think Nashville really wanted that fifth overall pick. They took a lot of calls on it, and eventually they make the pick. They get the defer- the first defenseman in the draft in David Reinbacher. And then the sixth pick, a lot of options Arizona could have went. They had Matt Mitchkoff on the board, Ryan Leonard, Dalbor Dvorsky, a bunch of guys they could have picked, Matthew Wood. They go with the Russian defenseman Dmitry Simishev. Uh... No one really expected that. He was ranked somewhere in the 20s, I believe, and they picked him all the way at 6. And that's going to be a theme with their next pick you'll hear too. But at 7, one of the worst possible situations for the Penguins happened, but it was going to happen either to Philly or Washington. The Philadelphia Flyers select Matvey Mitchkov. Not great. Not great. I don't know who I prefer him to go to, the Flyers or Capitals. Honestly, it sucks either way. I knew uh, no matter what that it was going to be either seven was going to be Mitch Kov or Leonard, and then the eight at the Capitals was going to get the other one. Uh, 
Leonard's a great player. His comp is like Matthew Kachuk, which is crazy good. I think that I've heard him. Uh, I think Jeff Merrick called him Diet Matthew Kachuk, which even you know the Diet one isn't too bad. But Matvey Mitchkov in both and Ryan Leonard are going to cause problems for the Metro, specifically the Penguins, for a long time. I was happy when the draft lottery happened, and both Washington and Philadelphia did not move up. And also, Columbus was stuck at third. They didn't move up to the top two either. So I was like, oh. Whew, we're good. There, no, no one's going to get any uh, of the superstars. Well, little did I know Adam Fantilli would move down to three, and then Mitch Koff would fall to seven, and then Ryan Leonard, to a lesser extent, would fall to eight. But congrats to those teams. They got great players. Mitch Koff, when he, when, he, when he inevitably comes over, and from what he sounded like in his interviews, it sounds like he's looking forward to coming over and being a flyer. Uh, yeah, he's going uh, to light it up. If he, do, if he comes to the U.S., which it sounds like he will, he's going to light it up, and he's going to make life a living hell for the Penguins. Same with Ryan Leonard. He's a uh, another physical guy. He's going to be like a better Tom Wilson, so that's fun. At ninth, Nate Danielson goes to the Detroit Red Wings, the uh, two-way center. I liked him a lot. I didn't think he'd end up going that high, but that's a good little pickup there for Steve Eiserman and the Detroit Red Wings. They get Danielson and Sandine Palika. Honestly, if I was picking the winners of this draft, I'd say first for value, probably the Colorado Avalanche. Getting uh, Richie and Guliaev at the picks they got them at is pretty crazy. I think the Red Wings got great value with both of their picks, Danielson at 9 and Sandine Palika at 17. And I'd say the third winner would be Columbus getting Fantelli at 3, a legitimate superstar, the first superstar center that franchises had. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, Pierre-Luc Dubois. You don't count. Fantilli's ceiling is a lot higher than PLD. And they and it sounds like he wants to be in Columbus, which is a breath of fresh air for that franchise. But then again, more problems in the Metro. Not looking forward to that. Down at 10, uh, a player I would have loved to have seen fall onto the Penguins, but to no avail. Dalibor Dvorsky, the Czech center big guy. He goes to St. Louis. Um that's another team I think that did really well, actually. Maybe, maybe I'll put them at the three as winners. They got Dvorsky, Stenberg, and Lindstein. But at 12, another weird pick for the Arizona Coyotes where they get Daniil Boot, uh, the Russian winger, big guy, really big uh, guy. I think he's 6'5", but he's a Russian forward who obviously that comes with its issues given the you know issues happening in Russia right now. And you picked him at 12. You reached for him at 12. And he wasn't even good enough to really be considered a top 12 pick, top 15 pick. He was going to be more in the mid to late 20s. And they reached again. And they got a guy who could could be a problem getting him over here. So I, I, I just don't understand why you take that risk if you're uh, Bill Armstrong and the Arizona Coyotes. They had a lot of really good options. With their picks, they could have gotten Mitchkoff and Zach Benson. If they wanted to do that, they could have got Ryan Leonard and Benson or Wood. Uh, Oliver Moore was available to them twice. Colby Barlow was available to them. Axel, uh, Axel Andes Palika, Jesus Christ, that's a mouthful, saying more times, was available. Uh, Gabriel Perot, like so many great players were available to them multiple times, and it would have made a lot more sense for them to go after those guys. You can rationalize. Matthew Wood or Oliver Moore or Sandine Palika or Barlow as the sixth pick a lot easier than you can Simashev, you know? And you can rationalize all of those guys and even Quinn Musty, Callum Ritchie, you know, uh, 
a, a lot of other guys rationalize them a lot easier at 12 than uh, boot it does they made a lot of weird picks and i'm more than happy to be proven wrong i am one of the few people that actually roots for hockey in arizona i don't know how many people that listen to this have been to arizona beautiful place fantastic state you know a lot of culture beautiful landscapes and uh you know ecosystems out there it's incredible great people out there huge awesome city in phoenix and the surrounding area i want hockey in arizona to work they make a lot of dumb decisions off the ice tonight it looks like they made some dumb ones for their on ice product it just does it's hard to look at that any other way going to take a quick break and then we'll come back i want to wrap up some more things that happened with this nhl draft and more things to look for uh tomorrow in round two and some things kyle dubas may have up his sleeves stay tuned new customers download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use code thpn bet just five dollars to score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, in West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg parlay required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back. Um, quickly, I'd like to go over some guys who are available to start off the second round that are regarded as the uh, you know the best players left. Uh, when we start tomorrow, who will have the first pick in the second round? I'm not sure. Um, let's take a peek here. Ooh, excuse me. It is late at night. I've had a very, very long day of doing things. Anaheim. Okay, so they they hold they hold on to their pick. So Anaheim will start off tomorrow's picks. It will go Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, and then the fifth pick is the first traded pick. It'll be Tampa Bay's. It was one of the ones that they got. Uh, oh, the pick they got in the Ross Colton deal. So they will be picking fifth there, and overall will be thirty seventh. A lot of good players still available. A lot of guys who could have easily went top twenty, top twenty five that are still sitting there. As we start tomorrow, top guy, Andrew Cristal, left winger from Kelowna. He's a uh, WHL guy, small guy. So that's probably the reason why he hasn't, he didn't get picked, but we've seen this happen before. Some of the best players that are in the league today were guys that were picked at the beginning of the second round and they weren't first rounders because of how small they were. So I think he's one of those guys, Jaden Perron, a right winger uh, with Chicago steel and the USHL, another small guy who I could totally see being picked quick. Uh, one guy who 
whenever I did the live stream with uh, uh, with the network, I thought that Vegas would go after is uh, Lukic, Dra- uh, Lukas Dragasevich. I believe that's how it's, how it's pronounced. He was a defenseman with the Tri-City Americans and the WHL. 6'11", offensive defenseman. If, you, if they would have picked him, he's a ton of value, in my opinion. Great value pick. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights didn't have a lot of youth on the de- on the defense. Uh, and they kind of either need to start developing one or have a good high-value trading pick you know, you know, or asset. And that is what he would have been. He's not. So, you know, kind of uh, I don't like the pick that they did make. I think there were better options. Uh, but moving forward, uh, Gavin Brindley, a center from NCAA. Again, 5'8", 165, another small forward. You see that a lot. Riley Height, center from Prince George, uh, WHL, 5'10", 178, small center. He, for a long time, had first-round pedigree. I'm not sure if it, if it's his size or what that made him drop. Ethan Gauthier, uh, right winger for Sherbrooke in the queue. He's 5'11", another guy who's going to go soon. But the most interesting pick to me that I'm interested uh, in seeing where uh, this guy goes is it's always the first goalie. You know, most most drafts don't have a first-round goalie. This one didn't either. But it's I'm always interested to see where the first goalie goes, you know? And the first goalie is going to likely be Michael Rabel, who's a goalie from the Omaha of uh, USHL. I believe he's Czech. He is massive. 6'7", 215. He is far and away the best goalie available, in my opinion. Trey Augustine's up there too, but I think uh, Rabel's the best goalie option. Just a massive human being. And whoever gets him, I think someone's going to pick him in the like first 10 picks of the second round, or at least the first half of the second round. Um the Penguins, do they have a second-round pick? Let me take a peek. Why did I get out of that? Uh, bu- bu- Sorry, it's been a long day. Let's make sure. I'm pretty sure they do. I think the second-round pick... No, they don't. That's the Anaheim one, isn't it? Oh, no, that's the Granlin pick. I thought Granlin's was next year. Man, yeah, I, it's been a long day. So yeah, they don't have a second round pick, so they're probably not going to be able to uh, pick him up, even though he would be a very welcomed addition to this organization. Um, so they don't even have their own third. They have New Jersey's third too. Yeah. So honestly, this first pick that they got was uh, the, you know, the big one. Because after that, they have New Jersey's third tomorrow. Then they have a fifth, a sixth their own fifth and sixth. Then they have Florida seventh and Toronto seventh. I don't see them trading up. That's not really uh, Dubas's MO, but you never know. You never really know. Uh, something I am interested in that was brought up earlier, and I don't, I, I may have talked about it earlier with uh, Jeff the Jeff Petrie trade rumor whenever they talked about San Jose. Um, the rumored person coming back there was Capo Kakinen, the goaltender from, from the Sharks. I, I wonder if there's anything that happens there tomorrow because you, you could probably get him for a late round pick. The Sharks themselves acquired Mackenzie Blackwood today for a late round pick. What was that? Again, let me take a peek here. That was a sixth round pick for Mackenzie Blackwood, the signing rights to Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, I, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if there's any movement with that tomorrow. That's He's obviously not my preferred goalie, but, you know, he's, he's a guy. He's a guy. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, 
Who else is available? Let me see. Mike, yeah, Ray Bull's my big one. There's this defense, this American defenseman who I could not pronounce his name for the life of me. Hunter Brzusowicz. Brzusowicz. Beats me. He's a defenseman from Kitchener. I've seen his name a ton of times. I've watched him play. Very talented guy. I'm, I think he's going to be gone quick tomorrow as well. Casper uh, Holtonen, he is a Finnish right winger, big guy, 6'3". I bet some team is going to move on him quick because of uh, how big he is, and he has a great shot as well. Like I mentioned, Trey Augustine before. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, he's the second goalie to go. He probably the second goalie in the second round. I don't see him getting out of the second round. If a team can get him in the third, looking at you, Penguins, uh, that would be a great pickup there. They haven't had an American goalie be good in a while. You know, obviously they have Casey to Smith, but, uh, you know, mid. Uh, but, 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 but what else is there to talk about? There, Like I said, no trades in this uh, first round, which was pretty bonkers. Was not expecting that whatsoever. Uh, there was a lot of calls, obviously, on that, um, the Montreal pick at fifth overall, but to no avail, and we went the entire night without having Gary Bettman go up and say his little corny, we have a trade to announce. That guy kills me. I, he gets every, every boo he gets is completely warranted. Do not like that guy. Um, some yeah. The I'm looking at the trades here today. The Riley Smith one was the biggest one. Ross Colton all, all also for a second round pick for 37th overall too. That's not too shabby work there from uh, Julian Breezewell. But Ross Colton I think is going to be a good player for Colorado. They desperately need more uh, forward depth, and if they can sign him to a good deal, which I'm assuming they can because how, how much they uh you know paid to get him, he's going to be a good little player for them. They obviously anticipate Gabriel Landeskog going on LTIR, so they have extra money to play with. But right now, the only forwards they have under contract that are healthy for next season are Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Valeri Nachushkin, Arturi Lekkinen, Ryan Johansson, Logan O'Connor, Frederick Olofsson, and that's the list. Seven forwards. They have two RFAs, Dennis Malgan, who apparently is not going to be tendered, and they have Ross Colton, who I would assume they're going to sign. So if you sign Ross Colton, you have eight forwards. Last I checked, you need to ice uh, 12 forwards on a normal roster. You can do 11 sometimes, but normally 11, 12. So they, they got some work they got to do there to uh, get a NHL roster there. But that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about the Penguins. And the options uh, slowly, they're not going away because obviously free agent frenzy has, it hasn't even happened yet. But I am interested to see what, uh, happens here. There's some guys who've been taken off the board. Uh, one of which is Milan Lucic. He was signed by Boston. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, with all the movement that Colorado's doing, I don't see them re-signing JT Comfer. I think he's going to get a rich contract, but I wouldn't hate to see him as a Penguin. He's not the only former Avalanche I wouldn't uh, hate to see as a Penguin. Another guy I mentioned uh, in my defensive article was Ryan Graves. If they if the Penguins can get one of Ryan Graves or Carson Soucy, I would really like that because there is a hole on the left side, no doubt. There is a hole on the left side. Um, kind of an unorthodox choice, but something I thought of. And I'm thinking of right now because I'm looking at it and I'm starting to process it. Who who would hate? The Penguins taking a flyer, like a one-year min- veteran minimum salary for Phil Kessel. Anybody? And is it, does anyone have an issue with that? 
problem is he has an Ironman streak going right now. And if he ends up not being one of your 12 best forwards like he was in Vegas, do you really want to be the guy that takes him off of that Ironman streak? Because there, it's not like he's far and away the Ironman and no one's ever going to catch him. Uh, Brent Burns is right there. Brent Burns is right there. So um, definitely something to consider. I would not hate to see him at the uh, on like the fourth line. Would you guys hate that? I wouldn't hate that. Or even you can pull him up to a third line uh, right wing situation. If you remember, that's where he was when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. He does not have that scoring touch or that, you know, athleticism, even though he never really did have it, that he had whenever he was a Penguin. He's older now. He's 35. If he's your extra forward and you can get him to agree to that when you sign him, hey, why not? And I don't think, I don't believe all of the the issues that were made of him, you know, exiting the Penguins on bad terms. Yes, he may have been in a bad influence on some younger guys. Well, guess what? There's no younger guys on this team anymore. You know, every guy who's going to be on that starting roster, other than maybe P.O. Joseph, has like three or more years under their belt. So I have no problem. Well, I guess Ryan Paling and Drew O'Connor too. But I have no issue with the Penguins looking into that. I don't think they will. But I would consider it. Not the worst idea in the world. Tyler Bertuzzi was uh, just reported earlier today that they he's going to go to market. He's not going to immediately resign. He's going to test the waters a little bit, which I think is bizarre considering they traded Taylor Hall to presumably open up money to resign him. Imagine they traded Taylor Hall and they still can't resign Bertuzzi. He still might go back. I think he's going to test the open market and eventually go back to Boston. That's my theory. But man, if they can't get him back, that's a tough look. Some of the guys I've been interested in are, are still available and haven't been moved yet, obviously, because it's not July 1st. And to be honest with you, players shouldn't be moving yet. Oscar Sungfist, he's still available. Gus Nyquist, wouldn't hate him as a 14th forward, if that's a possibility. I don't know really what he's going to be going for. Um, Jesper Faust is a guy. Maybe you think about that. Jonathan Druan, I'm a lot higher on Druan than I am a lot of those other guys I just mentioned. JVR, possibly. He's not going back to Philadelphia. Why would he? Corey Perry, he's just an a-hole to play against. I'd love to have him on my fourth line. He still produces a little bit too, but he's really embraced the villain role. Totally okay with that. Uh, Let's see here. That's good for forwards. Garnet Hathaway, he is low-key, analytically a god in the defensive end. He's a great guy uh, forward for like defending, and he's physical, and he's an a-hole. And he got 13 goals last year in... uh, 84 games. He was one of those rare players that played 84 games. It's kind of wild because he got traded from Washington to Boston. But I would not hate to see him as a Penguin uh, now that you know things are starting to get underway a little bit here. We're starting to see some guys move around. Um, a lot's going on. There was rumors that Ryan Reeves may be going to Toronto. There's a lot of fo- you know smoke, not fire. There's a lot of smoke today that was uh, thrown around. But do what do we know? Is any of this real? We won't know yet. Um, nothing necessarily in the Penguins world. Like I said, tomorrow, their next pick is at 90, I believe, where the New Jersey Devils' original third-round pick stands, and then they will be off for a little bit longer. Uh, let me make sure that that is 90. I don't want to be handing out fake news here. 
Uh, but yes, that is 90. And that was from the John Marino trade. They got this 90th overall pick and Ty Smith back for John Marino. The fourth round pick that the Penguins had it was traded to Montreal in the Jeff Petrie deal. It was Mike Matheson and that their fourth their fourth round pick this year for Petrie and Paling. I still think Petrie is getting traded tomorrow, but I don't know. They have their fifth, like I said. They have their sixth. Then they have Florida's and Toronto's sevens. That will all be known tomorrow. I don't, like I said, don't see them moving up, but stranger things have happened. And we have a lot of news that's going to happen over the next couple of days. And I'm probably not going to make another one of these, you know, update uh, podcast because there's going to be so much that happens in the next coming days. Uh, I'm just going to let it happen and likely make my next episode, hopefully Monday or Tuesday next week. Let me check the calendar and see when July 1st is because that is important. Obviously, Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. It's Saturday. So I'm thinking Monday I can hopefully have a podcast up if I am uh, if I have nothing going on or nothing too busy going on. Uh, well, Tuesday's the 4th of July. I'd like to have that day to myself or, you know, to do something fun. Um, but I'm going to leave that there. Busy first, you know, real day of uh, Penguins offseason. They acquired... Riley Smith earlier in the day for a third round pick. That was the Teddy Bluger pick. And then with their 14th overall pick, selected Braden Yeager, center out of the Moose Jaw Warriors of the Western Hockey League. Hopefully a future replacement for one of the Hall of Fame centers that are currently reside in the top six roles of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That'll be all. I'll leave that there. Thank you for hanging on with me. It is a solid 2.02 a.m. on Thursday, June 29th. Now, I know I started this episode a long time ago, but here we are. It's the beauty of off-season hockey. I love it. I love every minute of this. It's fantastic. It's so much fun and so much, so many events. So eventful. Love it. I'm going to leave that there. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening. With the 14th selection in the 2023 NHL Entry Draft, the Pittsburgh Penguins are proud to select from the Moose Jaw Warriors, Braden Yeager.